0: main standing please take your bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of luke luke chapter number 1 luke chapter number 1 luke chapter number 1 we'll look at verses 5 or yeah 5 through 17 uh, luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 17 i'll read verse 5 if you join me on verse 6 we'll read on through verse 17 there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And let's ask the Lord to bless now. Father, thank you again for the word of God. I pray you help us now as we get in the message in just a few moments. And God, I pray that you get glory through it all. And Father, we might look and see at this man, John the Baptist, what a man he was. And we can learn from his life. So bless and help us now this evening in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, fellas, you'll come at this time. Uh, we have had se- several folks have asked about, could the guy sing again? And I said, please, no, we don't want that again. And, uh, but I, I told him, I said, if you'll sing again, just turn around so everybody doesn't have to look at you. And, uh, but uh, we want them to sing that song. That was good this morning, wasn't it? I love that song. They did a good job. I love the song, too. And uh, so I, I came up to them. They just found out. They were sitting on the front row. And I just went, I said, you think you could do it again? And the scared look on their face for the first moment, you know, it's like, what? And I said, and then I'm thinking, well, if they don't have their music, they're not ready. And they both had their music. So uh, they're going to sing that song for us again. So we're in for a treat again this evening. All right, fellas.
1: It's a light unto my pathway, my guide in the darkest night. My strength when I grow weary, my sword to win the fight. It's a well of living water when my feeble soul is dry. In every trial I'll run to the Bible, my life can testify. The blessed old book has never failed me when I needed strength to go on. The truth of its pages has stood through the ages, its promises forever strong. From in the beginning to the last, amen. Each word is holy and right. It will never change the blessed King James. Praise God for the blessed old book. Throughout the course of history, men have mocked and cursed God's word. Said it's foolish to believe it, its reasoning's absurd. But I found within mine own heart that the Bible's true and alive. Through every mile I'll stand with the Bible and firmly testify The blessed old book has never failed me When I need its strength to go on The truth of its pages has stood through the ages Its promises forever strong From in the beginning to the last, amen Each word is holy and right It will never change the blessed King James Praise God for the blessed old book it will never change, the blessed King James. Praise God for the blessed old book.
0: Amen. Isn't that a good song? Did pretty good too, at it, boys. Thank you so much again. Appreciate that. What a blessing. I'm putting my glasses away like we're going home. I guess we better not do that, Oh right? uh, My goodness. But, uh, thank the Lord for this evening. The title of my message is this, John the Baptist's Walk. John the Baptist walk, and uh, I think it's important here. Uh, we've preached about several different people in the Bible. It's kind of a uh, kind of the same idea, uh, different ones we've talked about that walked with God. And uh, you know, I believe it's an important thing for us as God's people to walk with Him, and uh, it's something we can do. And uh, we find someone in the New Testament here, John, uh, John the Baptist that walked with God. Let's ask God to help us now. Father, bless the service now and pray you speak to our hearts and help us be tender to things of God tonight. Save the one that may may be here without you. Lord, I pray that you charge us up as a Christian. Father, that we would walk with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we, uh, like I said, I've preached about many different men uh, that walked with God. And, And of course, tonight, as we look at John the Baptist, we we look at him as, uh, I, I, I think we could call him this, the last of the Old Testament prophets, and uh, that God was, was using him. He said, Preacher, this is the New Testament. I understand that. But I believe he was one of the last of the Old Testament prophets prophesying of the coming of our, of our Savior. Now, when you think about what's happened, there's, they're just coming out of a time of 400 years of silence. You know, from the, uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there was a gap in there where God was, was silenced. There was no voice of God. Uh, there was no word that was given there. And uh, all that they have had at that time was the Old Testament. And, uh, and God was silent uh, in, in that time. And, uh, and, and what happened, many of, the, of, of, of Israel had begun to walk in darkness instead of walking in the light. And they were in spiritual darkness. And uh, they, they, they had religion. You know, that was one thing. They had religion, but uh, uh, that replaced their hope in the coming of the Messiah. We've always said that in the Old Testament, people were looking for the coming of the Messiah. That's what they were praying for. The Jews were looking for that. They had that blessed hope and looking for him uh, to be born. And uh, many, many years went by, and they had that hope. But they, in that time of waiting, they began to get away from the Lord. And uh, uh, they, they, they began to have religion without the Lord. You know, I, I'm thankful that, you know, for a church. But, uh, you know, we've got to be careful that church doesn't become just a religion for us. It's about a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about, I thank the Lord we can get together. I'm glad we can be together tonight. But it's more than just you and I. If the Lord's not here, we might as well go home. Might as well go to the park or something else. But you know what? We need the Lord. And I, and I think, you know, we need more than just religion. And that's pretty much what was happening then and what's happening today. That man's gotten to a place where they have religion. But they, 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 they don't look for the coming of the, of, uh, of the Lord or the salvation in the Lord. Uh, I think, you know, as I talk to a lot of people, so many, uh, they have this idea they're going to heaven by how good they are. And yet my Bible doesn't tell me that we go to heaven by how good we are. We go to heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. I find that in the blessed old book, all right? And, uh, I, but but I, I think, you know, I, I look forward to the Lord coming again. And uh, I'm afraid, though, I have to say this, I'm afraid there's a lot of people today that really are not looking for the coming of the Lord. They have religion, they go to church, they have activities, and all those things are fine. But there's more than the church picnic. There's more than an activity. It's the worshiping of God and having God in our lives and walking with him. I guess we could start out tonight by asking this from the very youngest to the oldest. Are you walking with God? Are you walking with God? It's going to be a difficult thing sometimes in this old world because this world's so crazy. It's so messed up. But I think, you know, one of the things that will help us walk with God is our anticipation or our, you know, expectation, I guess we could say, of knowing the Lord is coming again. I believe the Lord's coming any moment, don't you? I believe the Lord's coming soon. And, and uh, I, I, I imagine a lot of the Jews had gotten so, uh, so used to, I mean, maybe saying, well, we believe he's coming. The Lord was going to come on this earth, and they were waiting for the Messiah. They probably had gotten so long that they were, they were starting to think, well, maybe he's not coming since he hasn't come yet. Same thing happens today where people say we've been waiting a long time, but he's not here yet. He's still coming again. Just as, just as much as he did there in the New Testament when Jesus Christ appeared. When he came and was born of a virgin. He came just like God had said. It was prophesied in the Old Testament how Jesus would come being born of a virgin. And that's exactly what happened. He said, but the time is so long. I understand that. But you understand time with God is different than time with us. You know, a thousand years is like a second or a minute to the Lord. And a minute's like a thousand years, you know, or an hour. And, and uh, I, I imagine a lot of the Jews were not expecting the Messiah for years, and yet they've been hearing about it and probably didn't expect him and uh, probably got over, over the, the, the thing of the Lord coming again. And, and when we get away from looking for the coming of the Lord, I believe, I believe this, we begin to look at ourselves. We begin to live for self rather than the coming Savior. When we lose that sight of the Lord coming again, it makes me think of First Samuel chapter 3 and verse 3. The Bible says, And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. You know, sometimes it seems like the light is going out in Christianity today. People get away from God. You say, Well, we've we preach these things for a long time, but the, the word of God has not become null and void. The word of God is still powerful and and still true. But I have to say this, and I hate to say this, but it seems to me like the light of God is going out in America and the rest of the world today. I really wish I could say, folks, I see the light in America, but it gets darker every day. I mean, churches are... Are less and less. I mean, there's churches, I mean, back when I was growing up, it was nothing to have a lot of churches over a thousand people. I talk to evangelists now and they say, you know what? The average is pretty much what we have today. And we're not close to a thousand. Remember in our church back home, there was a day, I remember days that we had, we had a big day of the feeding of the 5,000. There was 5,000 people in church. And I remember the day that we had 10,000 in church. I remember a day when they had 15,000 in church. It's not like that anymore. Oh, there's some places where they have gatherings together and they have, it's like, kind of like a, a football frenzy. But I'm talking about old-fashioned preaching with 10,000 people. I'm talking about, I'm talking about not having rock bands to entertain everybody, but singing to the hymns, you see. It's sad, but it looks to me like the light is going out. I'm not going to give hope, and I'm not jumping ship. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I, I want to keep preaching the word of God till Jesus comes. But I'm afraid I see America, the light going out. And so when I think about that, I think, well, wait a minute. You know, that's kind of the way it was in John's time. John was living at a time where the Jews, they had gotten so far away from even looking for the coming of the Messiah. That was far from their mind. And remember what John was out there in the wilderness, he was preaching, preparing the way for the Messiah. He was getting people ready that Jesus was going to come soon. And of course, most of us know the story there. But here, here it was such a dark time in the, in, in, the, in, in, in the time of John the Baptist. It was just before the revealing of the Messiah. The one they had been crying for and seeking and praying for. And then as they they ask and pray, they got tired of asking and praying. And they just began to fulfill the lust of the flesh and got away from that. But there was a man named John. John the Baptist, they called him. I like that word Baptist, don't you? That sounds like a good name of a church, doesn't it? And uh, but John the Baptist, not John the Methodist or the Episcopian. He was John the Baptist. Amen. And uh, you say, was he the first Baptist? No, I don't believe he was the first Baptist. But he was called John the Baptist. He baptized people, immersed people. That's the way you're supposed to get baptized. You don't get sprinkled. When you get sprinkled, you get wet. When you get buried in the water, you get baptized. If you're saved, Amen. I used to I used to know a fellow. He was a Methodist guy. He was a preacher. He said. He said, you know the difference between us Methodists and you Baptists? I said, what's that? He said, we can carry our, carry our baptistry in our pocket. And he pulled out a little thing of water he could sprinkle on you, amen? I can't carry this baptistry in my pocket. I got big britches, but not that big, amen? And, uh, uh, but I, but I, I think, you know, about the John, that John the Baptist in that day. You know what he was doing? He was, he was expectant. He was looking for the coming of the Messiah. He believed that the Lord was coming. He knew the Lord was coming. It was prophesied he would come. In fact, it was prophesied that John the Baptist would come along and tell everybody about the coming of our Savior. I thought, you know, he walked in a time of expectancy of the coming of our Lord. And I believe that we need to be walking in expectancy too, because we know that our Savior is coming soon. Won't that be something when that trumpet sounds? We rise to be with him. Oh, how wonderful that will be. We find find the prophecy of John the Baptist in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse number 3. And the Bible says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You know, when I think about John the Baptist, it's talked about him as being a voice. There's a lot of things I cannot do, but there's one thing I can do and one thing you can do. We can all be a voice. We're going to be a voice in our homes, a voice with our families, a voice in our communities, a voice in the church. That's why I believe when we sing, we lift up our voices. In fact the matter is, I think Seth we were talking the other day and we said about how the Bible talks about loud. You look up the word loud in the Bible. People say sometimes, well, I just don't like it to be too loud. You know what? You're going to have a hard time in heaven because I think it's going to be loud. Okay, you know, imagine the saints of God. You think we're going to go? You know, we're going to sing like a little mealy mouth people. That's the way I don't want to offend anybody. I think we're going to sing out, amen. You know, when you got something inside, it wants to come out on the outside. And I think about the, uh, uh, about the prophecy of John. He was a voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway of, for our God. You imagine John the Baptist. He's there. People been saying that Jesus is coming. He hadn't come. But John the Baptist said, hey, you better get ready. I'm here right now. I'm not him. I'm just a voice. But I'm preparing the way. I'm getting everybody ready. He's coming soon. Can you imagine how it was that day when Jesus walked up there where John the Baptist was? John looks and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Can you imagine? He said, Man, there he is. Can you imagine the folks standing around? That's what we've been waiting for. There he was. Can you imagine how wonderful that was? I think when we get to heaven someday, we're going to say that too. There he is. You know, people say, well, you know, St. Peter's going to meet me there. I'm going to say, step aside, St. Peter. Step aside, you know, all the rest of you folks there. I want to see Jesus, amen. And he's the reason I'm there. But I think about we find the revelation of John the Baptist in Matthew chapter number 3. Let's go there real quick. Matthew chapter 3. And go to verse number 1. We find out about John the Baptist. The Bible says in verses 1 through 3, in those days came John the Baptist. What was he doing? Preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Oh, we find the revelation of of, of John the Baptist. We find the identification of John the Baptist. Stay there in the book of Matthew and go to chapter number 11. Matthew chapter number 11 and verse number 7. the Bible says here about identifying John the Baptist in verses 7 through 11. As they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John. That's John the Baptist. "What, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went out ye uh, for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are, king, are in king's houses. But, that, but what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than... There he is, John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Boy, the Lord had a lot of good things to say about John the Baptist, didn't he? He said, man, he's the man there, and the Lord reveals to him and, and identifies him to us. So who was John the Baptist? Well, let me give you a few things, then I'll give you a few more things, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper. We'll go home, but listen to what I have to say. I believe some of the things was he was a miracle man. He was a miracle man. He said, "Well, how, how do you why do you say that?" Luke one eighteen says, and Zach Zacharias said unto the angel, "Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years." Now understand, you know, that, that may we understand how to say about women that are up in years? They're well stricken in years. Don't ever use that word old, okay? But they're well stricken in years. Doesn't that sound a lot better? And that's what the Lord said about it here. He said, uh, and that's what Zacharias said. He says, oh my, he goes, Lord said, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a child. He said, oh, well, we can't have it. Well, we're, we're stricken in years. Well, hasn't that happened before? Well, didn't, didn't the prophet of God say that before? Well, I'm sure he did. And, and Abraham said, you know, we're old. God said here about, to Zachariah said, hey, you're going to have a child. And Zachariah said, man, we're too old. My wife's too old. But you know what? God is not too old. God is able to do miracles. And I think about how that, that John the Baptist, really what he was, he was a miracle. You know, you think about this. Every child that is born is a miracle. How precious they are! This abortion crowd's going to answer to God someday. These politicians that are trying to get votes because they're making make a big thing about the abortion. They ought to make a big thing about it, saying it's wrong, it's murder. They're killing those babies. And say, well, you know, we're trying to watch out for the. You know, we want to keep the population down. You've been listening to the communist uh, China way too long. Now even China's pulling back on that. Did you know that? China, you know, they were limiting how many children the people could have. That's a communist country for you. And now they're getting worried that they don't have enough men in the military. Now they're saying the people need to have more kids. And you know what they also do? What they want to do is destroy, our, destroy the families. That's what they're doing in America, and that's, how they're inf- that's why they're infiltrating our universities today to destroy our families. And they've gone from the universities to the high schools to the grade schools to now the, the preschools trying to teach these kids. Don't Listen, if you think you're a boy and you're a girl, you think you're a boy, you let us help you. We'll help you transition, and we won't tell your parents. They're destroying the families. You know what? The th- you know, thing bugs me. This is not in my notes, but you get an extra piece of wisdom tonight. We've been warning about this for a long time. When we, when we were meeting down in the boarding home years ago, we said that we are going to have a school for our kids. And right, if you look in this, you guys at Mo, you know what, you wonder what that blacktop is there. That blacktop was out in front of our school. We put a trailer there. That trailer, we lived by faith in that trailer. You say, what do you mean? The floor would fall in holes would get in it. But we had a school because we believed something that our, our school system is destroying our children. You know what? We were right. You say, well, that's not what's going on. Look at where we're at today. Because we turned a blind eye and thought, well, the educators were smarter than the preachers. Well, they may know their math a little bit better, but we know what the Word of God says. Amen. But he was a miracle man. He was a man filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Remember in the Old Testament, during that time, the Holy Ghost came upon people, but he also left people. He didn't stay in people. Thank the Lord when we got saved, and here in the New Testament we get saved, Holy Spirit comes to live within us, amen, and he doesn't leave us. He was a spirit-filled man. He was a miracle man. He was a consecrated man. You know, from birth there through the, the, the word Nazarite's not found, but it's not mentioned there. But the biblical separation of a Nazarite was there. You know, the, the John the Baptist, you know what I like about him? He didn't care what everybody else thought about him. Now, he wasn't like some of these ignorant people today saying, well, I don't care, I'm going to paint my hair rainbow colors. I mean, they're idiots. You know, I, see him around. I was in Walmart one day and the girl had the all-colored kind of hair and had a, had a, had a flag stuck in her hair. And uh, I think she had it taped around one of the horns that was sticking out. But uh, she had that, that, that gay flag sticking out walking around. I'm thinking, you know, how ignorant those people are. You say, preacher, you need to have love. I do. I love the Lord. And I love our kids. And I love our families. And I hate for them being destroyed. And I think about, about this, this man. He was he, he, he didn't care what the world thought about him. And, I, and like I say, there's a lot of people in our world today, they don't care. The, the gays say, well, I don't care what people think. You know, that's a different thing than what I'm talking about, John the Baptist. John the Baptist did what was right and said, I don't care if people don't like it. I'll be honest with you. You know, if you don't, my preacher used to preach like this. He says, if you don't like it, lump it. man." He preach. I mean, we had, we had in our church when he first came to our church, it was a very wealthy church. I don't know what my parents were doing there, but it was a very wealthy church. There's a lot of money in that church. And one of the men where we used for parking there, uh, uh, was it, um, what was the name of that story? Minuses. Minuses, Minuses they were very wealthy people. They invited the preacher over for, for a dinner and they had a big meal for him. And they said, now, listen, you're not going to preach about this and this and this. And he says, oh, yes, I am. And you know what they did? They took their money and they left the church. Whoa! You know what the preacher said? I don't care. I'm going to stay true to God's word. Did I tell you that church had the feeding of the 5,000? The 5,000 people in the service that day, they gave everybody McDonald's fish sandwiches. (laughs) Amen. I'm waiting for Whopper Day. (laughs) Amen. We'll have the whopper day. But uh, you can imagine all the things. Think about it. They said, well, you're not going to be able to do that here. We'll starve you to death. You know what he said? I don't care what you say. I care what the word of God says. John the Baptist was that way, and we should be that way too. We should take a stand. Now, I'll be honest with you. You know, if you raise your kids right, your family, a lot of family members will make fun of you. <laughs> don't care. You say, but it hurts. Yeah, it does sometimes, but you know what? I, you know, Christians, need, they need some thicker skin. They need some thicker skin. Quit whining and complaining and crying about everything. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he was a consecrated man. He was consecrated. The Bible said, it said in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. He was also a privileged man. He was privileged there to be God's messenger until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I think about this. We have the privilege, you hear it? We have the privilege to present, present the gospel to the lost world. You say, wow, that was really something. John was able to go out there and preach to people about the Lord. Guess what? We can do that too. You know, that's one thing we're still able to do in America. You, you wait till they take that away and say, You can't do it, we're going to outlaw it. There'll be a bunch of Christians who never open their mouth for the Lord, all of a sudden complaining about it. Man, practice what you can while you can. You say, well, if they make a law, what are we going to do? We're still going soul winning, but that's beside the point. But you know what? It's not a law against it right now, we're still going to do it. He was an expectant man. He knew that he was the fulfillment of prophecy, sent to prepare the way of the Lord and to make his path straight. He was a valued man. Our Lord said that John was the greatest prophet ever to be born. And his message was a simple one. What was it? Repent and believe on the Messiah, Jesus Christ. John the Baptist, what a man he was. He was a chosen man for a specific time. The Bible said in John, John 1.6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was a chosen man. He said, Well, that, that'd be great. Oh, I got good news for you. We too have been chosen. We're a chosen people. Amen. He said, Who am I? You've been chosen. Remember when we were kids, we played, you know, we'd go out to the gym uh, outside on the playground, and we would, we would play different games, and, you know, maybe dodgeball, you know, back then when, when kids weren't sissies. And uh, we, we, would, we would play dodgeball. And uh, <laughs> we used to, in, in our school, when we were in that trailer, we used to play that inside the trailer, but we didn't call it dodgeball. You know what we called it? Murderball. I'm telling you, man, those kids threw that thing. I mean, man, it would just sting you sometimes. Made them tough. Right, Daniel? Yeah, well, Daniel's a poor example of it. But uh, uh, well, I'll tell you, whoa, they'd throw that, that, those things, and we'd have, we'd have murderball. But remember how we go and we pick up uh, teams? And you know what we do? we get out there, and you, you saw... There would be one captain here, another captain here. They start picking teams. and you Oh, pick me, pick me. I don't know if you ever had this happen, but I've had it happen before. I was the only one left. And then then it was kind of like, not the winner got me, the loser got me. You know what? I was like, oh, choose me, choose me. You know what? God chose me. Amen. And God chose you too. God chose every one of us. Here was, a, here was a man that God chose, a chosen one. The Bible says in, in John fifteen sixteen, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordain you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. you know, I'm glad the Lord's chosen us. Yeah, how about this one? How about John fifteen nineteen? If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you. The Lord saying, the world doesn't want you, but I've chosen you. I want to be on his team. Amen. Every time we had those little things where they said, all right, here's the captain, here's the captain there. I always knew which was the better captain. And I wanted to be on that team. I got the greatest captain. And he chose me.
1: Isn't that wonderful?
0: I mean, I was always, if I did get chosen, not last, I always found it being so wonderful. Man, they wanted me on their team. And thank the Lord, you know, God wants me on his team, and he wants you to. He's chosen us. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen, chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And John was also a dedicated man. Well, that's one thing we can all be, dedicated. Amen? Luke 1.15 says, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. We read that verse already a couple of times. When you think about it, he dedicated himself. You know, you know what an important thing is for us as, as, as Christians? Dedicate yourself to the Lord. Young folks, boys and girls in here, dedicate your life to the Lord. You know, there'll come a time in your life and you say, God, my life is yours. I dedicate my life to you. That doesn't mean you have to be a missionary or a preacher. But dedicate your life to say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. John the Baptist was a dedicated man. But let me say this too. It's not just the children need to dedicate their lives. not just the teenagers, but us adults need to dedicate our lives to the Lord. We belong to him. Hey, we've been bought with a price. John the Baptist, you know, being a dedicated man, he lived a clean life. Lived a clean life, my... My grandson here, Titus, was t- talking to me about cigarettes before the service. No wait but Let me clarify. He's saying Reese's. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he was saying he's taking health class now in school, and they were saying about, about nicotine in cigarettes and about the dangers of different things. You know, I'm glad we have a school where they teach them that cigarette smoking's bad. And drinking's bad. I'm glad that we have a school like that, amen? I'm glad they're not out back smoking pot. I mean, they may throw pots at each other, but they, they're not smoking any of it, amen? He was saying, he said, that, that, that 50, how much? 50 milligrams. 50 milligrams of nicotine will kill you. And there's a one milligram in every cigarette. And you know, you think about this, a lot of people smoke about a pack or more a day. Put that poison in their bodies, you know, you, know, you know what I need to do, boys and, 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 and girls in here around, I see them. You know what? Decide this. I'll never smoke a cigarette. Amen. I dedicate my body to the Lord. Don't you? You know what be good? Grow up and say, I never drank alcohol. Amen. Amen. I mean, some of you in here, you say, preacher, it's too late for me. I know, all right. Thank God he delivered you of that. But I'll tell you this, how great it is to be able to say, never smoked a cigarette. And and, 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 uh, and fact of the matter is, you don't smoke a cigarette. The cigarette smokes, you're just the sucker. Amen. Yeah. Hey, oh, you like that, Seth? I heard you chuckle at that one. All right. I like what someone said one time. said, if God intended for us to smoke, he'd put our nose on top of our head for a chimney. Amen. <laughs> well, that'd be, I think it'd be great. Our kids grew up and so said, never smoked cigarette, never drank, never took drugs. Amen. Amen. Only thing I ever had was baby aspirins growing up. Amen. He was a man that was dedicated. He was a different man in an ungodly world. And we are different. Some of you right now look at me and say, man, you are different. Well, you know what? Being different is not wrong i look at the world today. I saw a guy walking down the street. He had rips all in his blue jeans. And his ugly leg was sticking out. I believe, man, help America look better. Keep America beautiful. Cover up your stinking legs, fellas. Amen. I mean, none of us are impressed with your short breeches and your legs sticking out. None of us are impressed. Look like tree stumps with hair growing on them, amen? Cover them up. I don't know what I'm talking about now. Just, yeah, I don't know that, but. It was different. I want to be different in this old world. You got men today where they're buying clothes that look like women's clothes. I'm telling you what. I don't want a shirt that looks like a woman's blouse. Just saying. I don't want my do to look like a woman's do. Amen. Yeah, I don't want to sit like a woman. Don't want to, I don't want to walk like a woman. I want to, I want to be the right kind of man. I want, I want to be different than this world. In our world today, they go, you know, people, I've heard some of these folks saying this, you know, with this new woke thing, they're going, you know, you can't judge on who I am. You know, I, you know, it's, it's pretty, that's pretty good news because I look at some and I can't tell they're male or female anyhow. And I've heard some of them say this, why do you call me a woman? What makes you think I'm a woman? <laughs> I'm like, man, nothing about you makes me think of a woman. You know, maybe an orangutan or something like that, but not a woman. I'm willing to be different. I think our our speech ought to be different. Our walk ought to be different. Our habits ought to be different. I think everything ought to be different about us, amen. John was different. Matthew 3, 4, and the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and honey. Now, I have a problem with a few of those things. I like meat, but I'm not sure I want locust. Uh, honey's all right. And I don't want to wear a girdle. Although I know what that was. That was a belt around his waist. Some, some of you right now thinking I've got really bad. But uh, next, next point. <laughs> and camel's hair is itchy. Hey, Amen? Please pay attention. John was a different man. Some of you right now going, and you are too. We ought to be different than the world. You know what's sad? The, world, the, the church is trying to act like the world instead of be different. <laughs> you know, you just, you know, I can imagine folks saying, man, that John the Baptist, he's different. Yeah, he was. He was out there preaching saying, here he comes. He's coming. He's coming. Get ready. I'm preparing the way. Jesus is coming. He, he's going to show up here really soon. And all of a sudden, he showed up. But John was also a strong man in the face of adversity. Matthew eleven seven 7 says, And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? I love this. He said this, A reed shaken in the wind. I'm thinking, you know, you know what he's saying? He said, What would you think when you got out there to see him? Did you think there was going to be a sissy out there? Somebody that's out there and scared, you know, just shaking in the wind? That's what he's talking about, the, a reed shaking in the wind? He wasn't, he wasn't afraid. He was a man's man. He was tough. He was strong in adversity. You know, it's amazing what gets us today. I mean, the devil just says boo, and right away we turn tail and run. Oh, my. He was a strong man. He was not soft. He was not fragile. I think us, us folks today, as Christians, need to toughen up. I'm not saying we're, we're so tough that we can't be tender. I'm saying we need to toughen up and quit our whining and crying over silly things. You know, church splits. I just, I mean, mean, we've had some. Stupid. We've never, I don't know if anybody's ever had church split over doctrine. Well, I just didn't like this. I just think the preacher, you know what they'll do? They'll split over this. I just heard about a preacher, a church. They voted out the pastor because they wanted to go in a different direction. You know what direction they were going in? The right direction and voted the preacher out. God have pity on those folks. You know, we need, we, need, we need to quit. You know, people need to quit saying, well, you know, he just gets on our kids and, and preaches hard at our kids because our kids need it. And he gets on everybody in the church and he tells he thinks he's the boss. He don't think he's the boss. He's preaching what the word of God said. John the Baptist didn't come out and say, hey, I'm the boss. I have all the answers. He was saying, I come to prepare the way. He said, I've come to tell you about Jesus. Oh my. He was tough. We fall apart over anything that happens today. But you know how tough old John the Baptist was. Go with me to Mark chapter number uh, Mark chapter number 6. <laughs> Mark chapter number 6. Here's a story about Battle Herod. Oh, Herod wasn't a fan of John the Baptist, was he? I have to say this. John the Baptist wasn't a fan of Herod either. But John the Baptist was a fan of God. Look what it said in verse 16. Oh, I'm sorry, verse, yeah, uh, verse 17. For Herod himself had sent forth and laid hold upon John and bound him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. Okay, so there's a little problem going on here. We see, you know, John or Herod doesn't have anything for John, and, and, and he talks about Herodias there, his brother Philip's wife, who now he's married. It sounds like eh, something was going on there. Look at verse 18. For John had said unto Herod, it is not lawful. Listen now. It is not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife. Man, was he straight with him, wasn't he? Oh, John the Baptist said, oh, Herod. You're wrong on having that woman. You've stolen that woman. You're not to take that woman to be your wife. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, preacher, you need to be a little bit um, uh, uh, softer with your preaching. No, sometimes we just need to have it point blank to know what's right. And I think about John the Baptist. That's what happened there. He was pretty straight with him. He wasn't soft, but he was also a preaching man. Matthew 3, 1 and 2, I think we read already there, but him, well, let's let's go back there just to make sure. Yeah. In those days when John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what he was? He was a preaching man. Uh, I think again about he was that voice. He was that voice. You know, God doesn't call everybody to be a pastor, but God calls everybody to be a voice. Be a voice for him and preach the word of God, tell folks. You say, Well, who can I talk to? How about your neighbor? How about your kids? How about your family? How about those at the store? There's a lot of people all around. It's not like there's a lack of people to talk to. There's a lack of Christians who will talk to folks. He was a preaching man. He was a humble man. John three thirty says, He must increase, but I must decrease. You know what John was saying? He said it's not about me. It's about the Lord. What was a great thing about John? Well, there's a whole lot of things we've mentioned here about him, but one of the great things was he was humble and said, you know, it's about the Lord. You know, you won't have a problem serving God if you'll humble yourselves. The reason we have a problem with serving God is because we think we're the boss. We won't humble ourselves. John was a just man. My last point. John was a just man. Luke seven nineteen. And calling unto him, two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And I said it the wrong way. I said he was a just man. I said, let me say it right. He was just a man. He was just a man. He was not the Savior. He was made out of the same stuff you and I are made out of. He was just a man. And you say, well, preacher, I just can't. No, you're just a person. And God can use you just like he used John the Baptist. You know, the Bible tells us we're to be a light and salt in these last days. You say, preacher, we're living dark days. Well, so was John the Baptist. But John the Baptist surrendered himself to the Lord. God had him chosen, and God's chosen us. You know what the difference is, I think, oftentimes? John the Baptist said, I'll do what you say. And we say, "Run it past me; I'll decide." You know, I'm all for getting counsel. I think that's a good thing. There's 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 safety in a multitude of counselors. But let me tell you something. You know, the greatest counselor you can ever have, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, preachers sometimes can steer the wrong way. You better make sure you're doing God's will. And I I think you know one one important pivotal time in my life was. We started the church, and I just, I didn't know what to do. And someone said this, and someone said that, others said this, and mom and dad said something, the Preacher said something, I had all these different ideas what I should do. Until I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You're always wise to do what God wants. Now, did everybody understand it? No, some were upset with me. One time I was talking to a man, and he says, Well, I understand you were told not to do it. You know, he can tell me not to do something, but if God says do it, i got to do what God says. Amen. And so what we need to do is occupy till Jesus comes. We can be a voice, too. John the Baptist was a great man, but he lived with expectancy. The Lord is coming. And we, too, tonight can live with an expectancy. Because the Lord is coming again. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time tonight. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the help that we get from it. Thank you for the story of John the Baptist. What a man he was. But Father, that's what he was. He was just a man. Just a human being. It was used of you. Lord, in this room is just human beings that you can use. Help us get off of our own throne and kneel at your throne tonight. May we become subject to you. May we be called of you. We know we have been. Father, help us to answer the call and surrender to it. Father, I pray for every boy and girl in this room that maybe tonight would be the night that they would say, God, I surrender my life to you. Maybe some teenagers, maybe some adults. would Just say, Lord, I surrender all to you. I just want to give everything to you. We don't know what that may mean, but we know it'll never mean anything bad or wrong for us. Always your will is best. So, Father, speak to us here tonight about these things. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I ask again, if you're to die today, do you know you go to heaven? That's the most important thing. You can never serve God right until you're, first of all, saved. I wonder if there's anyone here this evening who said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone tonight? I don't know that I'm saved. Christian this evening, has God spoken to your heart? God could use you. Just let him. Let them have it. We don't find great education here in, in John the Baptist. We find John the Baptist being a man expecting the Lord. And he says, folks, I've come to warn you and tell you the Lord's coming soon. Ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what we can do today. May God use us. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray, Father, we make the right decisions. And we would surrender it to you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.